pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. The risk of having chronic chest pain after breast surgery, that is mastectomy or lumpectomy, for cancer is as high as 20 to 30%. When a woman is confronted with breast cancer, many questions arise, not the least of which is post-mastectomy breast reconstruction. Options such as autogenous breast reconstruction, known as DIEP or tram flaps, or implants made of silicone or saline can help restore a woman's body image. Today's show will focus on which options are the best. Janet Ladd, a professional coach, shares her experience with mastectomy, breast reconstruction, and pain-free living, while Dr. Gedge Rawson, director of breast reconstruction at Johns Hopkins, tells us how the most advanced surgical technique, called a DIEP flap, can lower the risk of persistent pain and restore natural sensation. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. When Janet Ladd found out that she was facing a mastectomy, She began to research what her options were to reconstruct her breast. Using her own body tissue to rebuild what was lost made a great deal of sense to her. She's a professional coach and here today to share her experience with mastectomy, breast reconstruction, and pain-free living. Janet, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. Take us back to 2004. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2004. And uh, after I had gone through a number of diagnostic procedures, we determined that the safest route would be to to have a mastectomy. What were your options? Implants were very much in the news. There was a lot of controversy around the safety of of them. Uh, So I researched other alternatives and found that there were a number of options available allowing a woman to use really her own tissue in the reconstructive process, and I happened to choose a procedure called the DIEP flap, D-I-E-P flap, which uses skin and kind of the fat and blood vessels from the lower abdomen area, and and that tissue is completely detached from the belly, and it's reattached to the breast area, Uh, and that for me was just a much, uh, much better option. Had you looked into a tram flap as well? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because it really 
uh, when I was doing the research, it, it was the only option that was presented to me. And what I found is that there are fewer surgeons that can do the deep flap because it really requires microsurgery. The tram flap, um, I, I did not choose that as an option because essentially what they do is they uh, stretch the tissue and the muscle from the abdominal area into the breast area and then sew it in place in the breast area. And just the thought of having that stretched through a, <laughs> a hole in my chest cavity didn't seem uh, like the preferred option. And how about a breast prosthesis? Yeah, I, I did not. I, I was in my late 30s when I started to have symptoms and I actually had my uh, reconstruction when I was 40. And, and of course now, eight years out, that, that seems pretty young to me. But <laughs> but I just, uh, I really felt that I, I wanted to have something permanently there. Uh, Janet, were you advised that there would be less post-operative pain with a deep flap compared to a tram flap? My understanding after doing some research was that the deep flap, even though the procedure itself took longer, um, the uh, amount of pain and the, uh, the time to recover was, was likely less. It sounds like you decided to have the deep flap reconstruction done right after the mastectomy. About how long was that surgery? I did, yeah. It, in total, it was about an eight-hour procedure. That is a long time. Mm-hmm. It, Janet, were any nerve blocks called paravertebral blocks performed before the surgery to help reduce pain during the surgery and afterwards? I, I don't have a whole lot of recollection of that uh, pre-period, but yeah, my, I'm quite certain that there was. Describe the incision that was made for the deep flap. Certainly with the mastectomy, there's, uh, there's the, the breast is, is removed, so there were quite a few incisions in that area. And then uh, for the deep flap, there's, I actually have an incision pretty much from one hip bone to the other hip bone uh, where they went in and and actually removed uh, the tissue from that lower abdominal area. That sounds very extensive. At the same time, though, what's really worth mentioning is that because you had the nerve blocks and you chose the specific deep reconstruction, you woke up with very little incisional pain in the abdomen or the chest. I especially remember just having a killer headache. Um, and actually, even the few days after surgery, I can remember feeling that the, the headache, the, the pain in my head was probably the more um, bothersome pain uh, out of the other, even more so than the incision sites. I'm delighted to hear that your incisional pain was well-controlled. You had a three-stage breast reconstruction that spanned a year. What was your pain like during that interval? Uh, I definitely remember having significant amount of pain in the beginning, especially in the hospital in the next few weeks uh, out of the hospital. But I would say over the period of the next several months, I was able to get back to what I would call kind of a normal normal routine. So the, the mastectomy was the most severe. The second stage was uh, reconstruction of the nipple. And then the last procedure was simply a tattoo. When we come back, we'll talk to Janet about which medicines were the most effective in controlling her pain at that time. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Welcome back. 
Uh, Janet, which medicines did you use that controlled your pain the best? I was given prescriptions and I stuck with my Motrin. And of course, they were extra strength Motrin, but I recall feeling that I was able to better manage the pain through the Motrin than I was with the narcotic drugs. That's quite remarkable. And I wonder if it's in part because of the deep flap versus the tram flap uh, surgery that you had. Janet, uh, I'm aware that you're a black belt in karate. And I wondered if you could comment on how the mental discipline associated with karate helped control your pain. I probably had a higher tolerance to pain, you know, or for pain than than some. But as, as you alluded to in martial arts as well as other Eastern practices like meditation, I remember laying in bed looking at the clock across the room trying to, to breathe, uh, trying to stay centered and things like just focusing on positive things, uh, listening to soothing music and, uh, you know, if we can focus our brain from negative to positive aspects, I like to say energy flows where attention goes, it's just a much more constructive process in terms of of healing than, you know, just dwelling on the pain. I like that. How did you minimize the discomfort and limitations from the surgery over the course of time? Mm, Probably part of the um, mental technique is to focus on progress. Um, So focusing on that progress, I think, gave me hope that it would eventually over time get to a point where, you know, I really would be able to get back to quote-unquote normal. And do you feel that you're back to normal today? I still experience numbness, uh, and there are times that I find that there's a twang of something, both in my uh, my breast area as well as in the abdominal area. What would you advise a family member whose loved one may be facing a similar situation? Mm, definitely do the research. Do your homework. Again, I think one of the things that was most bothersome for for me about this process is that even though the deep flap does exist and that we had medical professionals in kind of this area that uh, could have done that procedure, it was never, ever mentioned as an option. And, and so this is where I think advocating for yourself and doing the research, uh, looking for credible resources, talking to other people who've been through similar experiences I think for me, once you have those decisions, once you know that you've entrusted your care to the best medical providers that you could get, the experts in those areas, then put that aside. You can't worry about that because there's nothing you can do about this procedure. So if you can trust in the medical care, then you can focus the attention inward. So, you know, what can you draw on? You know, how can you help yourself, I call it, step into that place of courage where you can focus on what you know you need to do to get through this experience. Time and time again here at Aches and Gains, we hear the importance of making sure that patients advocate for themselves, do the research, and make sure they know all the options to get the best outcome. Janet, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Up next is Dr. Gedge Rawson, Director of Breast Reconstruction at Johns Hopkins. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. Follow us on Twitter at DRPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. Welcome back. 
Dr. Gedge Rawson specializes in complex peripheral nerve surgery and microvascular perforator flap breast reconstructions. He's a plastic surgeon and the director of breast reconstruction at Johns Hopkins. Gedge is one of the first surgeons to reconnect nerves in a way that restores natural sensation to the breast. Dr. Rawson, welcome to Aches and Gains. Right. Thank you, Paul. It's wonderful to uh, chat with you about this today. The risk of developing chronic pain from breast surgery, that is lumpectomy or mastectomy, is pretty high, around 20 to 30 percent. I mean, in many cases, the surgery is needed for breast cancer. So, Dr. Rawson, in your experience, how high are the risks of developing pain from breast reconstruction? I think that some forms of breast reconstruction... um, such as an implant reconstruction where a patient has had radiation in the past, uh, definitely increase that risk. Um, And maybe even up to 60% or more will have some chronic pain. Wow, that's even higher than I thought. Uh, Gedge, talk to us about autogenous breast reconstruction. So autogenous means taking the patient's own tissues from their uh, belly, the tissues that patients might even want to get rid of if they had a tummy tuck procedure. And we can move those tissues up uh, for the breast reconstruction, and it makes it much more natural, soft, and supple. And we think that those types of reconstructions have a lower risk of chronic pain. Certainly, it would not be zero, but it does seem to help. Well, that's good to know. Gedge, what are the options for breast reconstruction? One is to use tissues from your own body, and those Uh, pieces of tissue uh, are referred to as flaps by plastic surgeons. So there are various types of flaps that we can use. And then on the other hand, uh, you can do reconstruction with implants. So an off-the-shelf option, they're either filled with silicone or filled with saline, but those are basically plastic bags, almost like a water balloon. And they are much easier to do surgically, and the patient's have a much faster surgery and usually a quicker recovery at the beginning, but sometimes they can have problems uh, down the road more frequently than when they, we use the flap tissues. In your experience, do you find that women have more pain after implants compared to autogenous breast reconstruction, otherwise known as flaps? Uh, anecdotally, we would say that would, that's true. Mixing implants with radiation uh, has a higher chance of, of having different complications such as contractures and tightness and discomfort, and even patients would call it pain sometimes. Gedge, what's the impact of radiation and chemotherapy on breast reconstruction? While the patients are having their chemotherapy, they might have a harder time healing wounds, but we don't do their surgeries during the chemotherapy. We either do it beforehand or we do it afterwards. The radiation has some long-term effects on the tissues because now the radiation has done its job to damage the DNA, which helps to decrease the recurrence of the cancer. So it's very good from an oncology side, but then it does also harden the tissues and cause uh, fibrosis, and uh, that makes it harder to do a reconstruction you know, after the radiation. There are a couple of different surgical techniques to consider, uh, specifically a tram flap or a deep flap within the category of autogenous breast reconstruction. W- will you talk about them? The tram flap is taking the same lower belly tissue, but uh, using the muscle called the rectus abdominis muscle. That's the six-pack muscle. The blood vessels are actually in that muscle. So the surgery is easier to perform when you just take the whole muscle and the fat and the skin and move it up to the chest. But then you've actually removed that muscle from the patient's abdomen. Over the last 10 years or so, more and more plastic surgeons have been learning how to spare the muscle 
and just take the blood vessels out of the muscle. You know, we leave the muscle behind so it will come back to very good function. And the pain rates are lower when we do that, especially the hernia rates and the bulge rates and weakness of the abdomen is decreased. And we call that surgery the DIEP flap. DIEP flap patients tend to recover faster because we have done less to their abdominal wall. So even though it's, it, they're both quite sore at the very beginning, the, deep, the DIEP flap patients recover sooner and their pain decreases uh, faster. And that really reflects the post-operative course of our first guest, Janet Ladd. Uh, Dr. Rawson, long-term, that is months to years following the reconstructive surgery, do DIEP patients have less pain or even no pain compared to the tram flap patients? Yes, I would definitely agree with that. It's not zero. Certainly there are some patients still with with pain, but it tends to be an occasional ache, kind of like a zinger or a little shooting pain that they find to be uh, pretty tolerable. And actually, I don't see very many patients at all with chronic uh, chest wall pain following the DIEP procedure. When we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Rawson about the highly technical aspects of reattaching small blood vessels from the abdomen to the chest wall. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Pentech Health, one of the nation's largest pharmacy and nursing companies, dedicated solely to providing in-home care for patients with implanted pumps used for the treatment of severe pain or spasticity. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. And we're back talking to Dr. Gedge Rawson, Director of Breast Reconstruction at Johns Hopkins. Gedge, talk to us about how you, as a plastic surgeon, reconnect those tiny blood vessels that you harvest from the abdomen and then reconnect to the chest area. We make incisions from the level of the belly button down just above you know, the pubic hairline. Sometimes the incisions are just a little bit higher than a purely cosmetic tummy tuck because we're trying to get some of the best blood vessels, which are usually around the belly button. We actually get CT scans uh, ahead of time so that we can see where all the best blood vessels are and it helps us plan out and map our surgeries so that we can optimize the best blood vessels to get the best blood flow and the healthiest tissue. After we harvest them and we bring in the microscope, the vessels are usually about two millimeters or two and a half millimeters in diameter, so they're very small. And we use very fine sutures, which are smaller than a hair actually, and um, sew those blood vessels together so the blood flow in the chest is now giving blood flow to that fat tissue from the belly, and, and then we shape it into the uh, shape of a breast. And then in the abdomen, we're able to close the upper incision down to the lower incision so that there's a, essentially a straight line going across uh, the lower uh, belly, approximately where a tummy tuck scar would be, or sometimes a little bit higher, but below the belly button line. Wow, you know, that really is remarkable. Uh, Gedge, how long does the surgery take? It really takes us about five or six hours uh, per flap. So if a patient has one reconstruction, it takes about five or six hours. But if they're having bilateral mastectomies and they want both sides reconstructed with their belly tissue with the DIP flap, it takes eight to 10 or 12 hours. From a surgical perspective, what seems to be the most effective way to prevent persistent pain from occurring after mastectomies? The less surgery or the less traumatically you can do your surgery uh, helps good pain control in the beginning. I think when a patient wakes up, you know, the nurses 
get them the adequate amount of pain medicine at the beginning, they have less long-term pain and they recover faster. Um, Probably, as you know, uh, patients with preoperative nerve blocks probably wake up a little more comfortably and uh, theoretically have uh, faster recoveries and less chronic pain. Can you tell us about your work in preserving sensation to the breast? We really do that as part of a team effort of the uh, on the plastic surgery side and the surgical oncology side. But um, the combination of some of the surgical oncologists that pay particular attention to the, the nerves as they're doing the mastectomy, the, you know, the native nerves that were going to the breast anyway, and plus if we can also connect a nerve when we're doing the flap surgery, the combination of that seems to be very good. Is there anything that can be done surgically for somebody suffering from chronic pain of mastectomy or breast reconstruction, often caused by an exposed nerve ending, also known as an aroma? I usually use um, lidocaine mixed with marcaine or just marcaine straight so that we can see how it affects them over the next six hours. If it seems to potentially even break their pain cycle. Maybe there's some combination of the neuroma causing pain plus some central pain. Maybe they should have a series of injections and see if we can keep breaking your pain cycle like that. And then they often avoid surgery, I feel. Sometimes the neuroma itself could be a pain generator. And if you can resect that and then take the new live ending and bury it under some muscle, Maybe the new neuroma that forms is smaller and doesn't generate as much pain. And sometimes as a non-surgical technique, we can inject that neuroma with a little bit of alcohol to destroy it and provide longer-term relief. Gedge, what's your final thought for those women anticipating uh, breast reconstruction with their own tissue? We feel it's very important for a patient to consider the DIEP flap surgery because we do so much less a trauma to the abdominal wall, we, it does not take the muscle. The patients have much lower rates of bulges, hernias, weakness, and chronic pain. Tram flap surgery is done all over the country, but many plastic surgeons are realizing the benefits of the DIEP flap surgery. And plastic surgeons uh, in training in residencies are clamoring to learn how to do the DIEP flap surgery because of these benefits. And I would encourage patients to find a center that does it. Dr. Rawson, thank you very much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Well, it was certainly my pleasure, and thank you for having me. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Here we have an email from Ken in Oakland, California. I was told that I have pinched nerves on both sides of the back of my neck. I went to the emergency room about a week ago, and they gave me muscle relaxers and ibuprofen. I'm still in pain. I wear a neck collar to keep my neck in one position. I go for an x-ray in about three weeks. I'm in so much pain that I'm almost willing to try anything but needles. Ken, pinched nerves can cause neck and especially shooting arm pain. 
Pinched nerves can result from disc herniations and other things like narrowing around the nerves by bony parts of the spine, which is called spinal stenosis. Determining the source of your pain can help target particular injections, though it sounds like you want to avoid nerve blocks. A stronger drug called tramadol could be used given that your neck pain isn't getting better from ibuprofen and muscle relaxants. A short course of short-acting opioids, like oxycodone, may also be beneficial if the tramadol isn't effective. If the pain continues, though, have an evaluation by your primary care doctor, pain specialist, or spine surgeon. Follow us on Twitter at DRPaulCristo and like us on Facebook, Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.